Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Good afternoon, two minutes past three. Thanks for joining us as we jump into another weekend of sport. Kimbo on the Rooch with you, live from Studio Lumo SA, here at number one King William Street in the city, where it is a scorcher. Currently 39.9 degrees. Will we hit 40? Big shout out to Hyundai, Brasilia Coffee and IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it, for their continued support. All righty, time to welcome the birthday boy who turned 60 today, the Roach. About time. <laughs> yes, welcome to Italian Radio. About time. You've shown some respect to your elders. I have, Roach. <laughs> and, uh, do you Hello, know everyone, and happy birthday to Ben, who's yeah, much, much younger Benny. than I am. Yes, he is, Ben. Bumplup Benny, 31 today. No, he's and not. He's uh, 32. He's not even out of his 20s. What do you say? No. Yeah, he's 31. 30, no way. 31 and still cannot participate in Movember. <laughs> he you. had a crack three years ago. Lines, lines he, he's done is in three days. Is he is he older than twenty one? Yeah, he's thirty one, Rooch. Cut we'll get to your comedy. This the, the these comedic skills that you've <laughs> developed over the last few years. I don't know where they've come from, Rooch. But happy birthday to you. Has it Thank been a good you kindly. Yes, it has actually. I, wake I up. don't like the heat. No, I put it on the table. You know I wilt when it goes oh, beyond you, 27. You, you've had a fair whinge today. Oh, I hate the heat. I, I went for a fifty K bike ride, Rooch. Well, more fool you. Yeah, I know. I was a bit knackered afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I should have left a little earlier. What um, were you I w- thinking? I woke up this morning just after 6.30. It's and, a good way uh, to start the day. Yeah, there was a text there from the rat because he's still in Calvary Hospital. How's he doing? Yeah, not bad. Good. No Rory Laird in there. Ah, good. Uh, Costa, don't text. Um, yeah, he's doing okay. But, well done, John. Uh, after the second hip replacement. So he's had both knees done Ooh. and now the second hip. Uh, but he wished you a very Thanks, John. happy birthday. And to Leanne as well. Yeah, no, she didn't. She, she thinks you're creepy. Um, <laughs> she does not. <laughs> All right, note to self be nice. It's his birthday. Uh, good show coming up, Roach. At 3.35, we'll be having a chat to AFLW reporter who also has a podcast and she's a statistical analysis. Nice. Ana- analyst, analyst, rather. Uh, of the AFLW, uh, Gemma Bastiani. So we've got four finals on. Why haven't we got one tonight? Yeah, good point. Why, why isn't there why. a Friday night file? I don't know. Can't it's not as if that. it's an issue of, well, where are we going to put it? I mean, Fox Footy would happily take something. At well, time, I'm, I'm just thankful there's not one here in Adelaide today. <laughs> yes. Or yes. if it was 40 degrees tomorrow. I think they That's would have had good to address point. that. But there are, there are a few other finals they could have played tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, lobby reach. I will. Miles Fitzner is going to join us at 3.50. He'll attempt to give us a winner from Flemington tomorrow as the Spring Carnival gallops towards its end. Three Group 1s tomorrow, so it's a good day of racing. Uh, Roach, we're going to have to fess up, like many South Australians. Oh, yeah. We gave up on the Redbacks. Did we ever. So after 4 o'clock, Ryan Harris, Redbacks bowling coach, will join us. It was a, a thrilling victory. Do you want to hear the, uh, the, win- the winning wicket? Here's the winning wicket. So Buckingham sets himself at Southern End. Shrubs have been camped up the other end. Yeah. Nigel. 
Buckingham. Kawaja oh, 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 Buckingham gets the wicket and all the Kawaja is out. The Redbacks win. You cannot believe it. You couldn't write a better script here. The Redbacks have come from the dead. They've come back and they've won this game by three runs. Incredible scenes here at the Gabba. Euphoria for the South Australians. Uh, I, I was watching. <laughs> was a, I got no idea. I was watching on KO. It was quite entertaining. It was one of the more thrilling finishes they've seen in Shield cricket for a long, long time. Well done, if Jordan Buckingham. Ever, but Usman Kawaza, for those of them watching, he'd made a century. Mm. Um, they were nine wickets down. He had four overs to go. Bumfluff Benny's texting me when there's about five hundred overs to go, saying, "Oh, Kawaza's playing for a draw." <laughs> I don't think so. And, oh, he's dying don't, to have a chat to me. Don't think no, so. No, and I said, he's a clever rooster. He knows how many they need per, per over. He's in control. Uh, the run rate was very nice for him at the end. Yeah, they had it under control. I did Why? feel at the end yeah. he was just trying to hit that yeah. four, which yeah. if he hits it. It's the Glenn Maxwell thing, you see. Well, it's got into all these cricketers. They all want to have these big shots at the end. You know, I mean, four overs to go, you know, block, 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 yeah. single, get down the other end, yeah. farm the strike. Yeah. E- easy from the cheap seats. Absolutely. But, um, look, it puts the Redbacks in second position now, and it might give them a bit of genuine belief. Well, and Ryan Harris has lived up to everything he promised us, hasn't he? He said he had a bowling group that would have a great fair bit of spirit and fight about them. They, well, that's... Delivered. He's done his job. Well, he didn't in the first one. We won't bring that up. They were against no, Tasmania. No, <laughs> first awful. one. Well, but they're two and two, and it's funny. Hmm. Victories like that in any sport can turn around a season. But or... you'd agree the bowlers have actually. Del- I take away the first one. Yes, yeah. but they have delivered. And the uh, top end of the batting needs a bit of work. I urge people to get onto social media and look at the Jordan Buckingham celebration. Yep. It reminded me of Harry Taylor winning a final. I don't know what game it was when he just took off. And he just kept running and running and running for the Cats. Ah, yeah. Okay. So Buckingham did that as well. All right, so Ryan, Taylor, uh, Ryan Harris joins us at 4 o'clock. 4.35, we'll be joined by Joe Gauchy, who's now part of the Socceroos squad. Back in the squad. Yeah. Like all right, and of course, we're live and interactive. So if you want to have your say on all matters sport or any sport, 0427154166. If you want a chin wag, wish Roach a happy birthday or tell him to get stuff, yeah, 1300 736 Six, either or, he says. And Roach, we're going to do a nearest the pin. Well, now we have many events that this could involve. Which one have you chosen? Well, bump up Benny went for Australia and Bangladesh. I poo barred that. No, I don't think we need to worry yeah. about that one. We are going the Crows in Brisbane. That's fascinating. And Benny did agree afterwards. Yeah. So this is the 11th Adelaide-Brisbane AFLW match. Mm-hmm. If I was to ask you, just off the top of your head, what is the win-loss count? Adelaide, how many wins out of 10? Well, you might have me here. I haven't so, done my form. Well, I this. looked it up. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I know that Brisbane have won the last three. Mm. It's so, a great rivalry. Yeah. I would suggest, what, out of 11? No, this the 11th is. This is the 11th. So, so out of 10, 10, I would say it's 6-4 Brisbane. Close. 7-3 Brisbane. Mm. Mm, well, we'll hear from Matthew Clark. He addresses that. Uh, if you want to be a part of Nearest the Pin, tell us who wins between the Crows and Brisbane in tomorrow's game at Norwood Oval and by how many points. Our tiebreaker question, okay, tiebreaker question, how many disposals will Ebony Marinoff get? So, Noffy, I would be going, I would be going, I don't think they'll tag her. You don't think so? I don't think they will. Ooh. No, they've got a gun midfield as well. Okay. Uh, I would be going 26. And Crows to win by five points in a thriller. 
That's mine. Okay. All right, you can send a text on that, 0427-154-166. We have a $100 IGA voucher to give away. Straight to the ice cream section today, that would go. IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. All right, Roach, we'll get into Around the Grounds on the other side of the break. Yep. There's, there's a bit happening. Uh, uh, an Aussie tennis star, a bit of a journeyman, journeyman called uh, quits to his career. That'll happen at the end of the Aussie Australian Open. summer. Yeah. yeah, We're going to hear from Andrew McDonald and also Doc Clark coming up as well. And there's a big day at the MCG as well. Very special day. For Ronald Dale Barassi. This is Kimba and the Rooch. We're here thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. We're live from Studio Lumo USA. Beautiful day outside. Tad warm. It's dropped down to 39.6 degrees. It's dropped 0.3 of a degree, Roach, in the last five minutes. Well, at that rate, it will be pretty good by six. Uh, No, it won't be. No. No, It's still going to be in the uh, mid-30s around six, Roach. You'll be all right. You'll survive. Okay. Uh, Look, stack of texts coming through for nearest the pin. Uh, You can be a part of this, thanks to IGO Supermarkets. Who wins between the Crows and Brisbane tomorrow? And by how many points? And the tiebreaker question. How many disposals does Ebony Marinoff get? Here we go. Matt says Adelaide by 15 and Marinoff to get 23 touches. Mm. Uh, This one says G'day. Crows by 9, 23 disposals. That's from Dave C. Uh, Another one here. Crows by 7, Eb to have 20. Go the power. Joey from Brompton. And Cameron says Crows by 11, Marinoff 26 touches. Cameron from Andrews Farm. All right, Roach, time to go around the grounds now. And uh, an Australian tennis journeyman that always gave his most, uh, his best, as a... Hanging up the racket. Yes, John Millman. He's 34. He has been tormented by back injuries recently. He has decided the Australian Open will be the ultimate farewell moment for him. Now, the moment we're going to remember from his career goes back to 2018. It's the round of 16 in New York, the US Open. Mm. He loses the first set to Roger Federer, 3-6. No shame in that. No. But then wins in four sets. Mm. 7-5, if I remember correctly. And that's going to be part of his highlight package, surely. Ben. Oh, very we much say so. farewell to him. Hey, he nef- left nothing out on no. the court. Here he is on his retirement, the decision. Oh, it's been ongoing issues this year. I think at the end of each season, you kind of assess whether you're mentally and physically ready to go around again. And, and I did that, and I thought I was. And um, this year's been, been challenging, though. I've had multiple episodes with my back, um, the same areas. And unfortunately, with tennis, how the ranking system works and... Um, you need to get that momentum. You need to be able to play 11 months a year. And whilst my level's okay when I go on the court, I still think it's decent. Um, to be able to, to do the, the grind of the tour, it just became evident that it, it, that couldn't happen. So when he could, he reached 34 in the rankings. Yeah, about 400 now, isn't he? Wow. Well, not, un- not, mm. not to be uh, 
Yeah, not to be surprised by that. No, we'll cheer him on, Roach. Yes. A, uh, Australia takes on Bangladesh in their final match. But before we go to that, congratulations, Angelo Matthews, for being the fastest man ever to get to the change rooms to the crease oh. last night. <laughs> he wasn't going to dawdle, was he? Going to get and the Kiwis, again. didn't they have some fun with it too? They won that game easily last night. They're uh, through, I think. Word is from the uh, Australian camp that Steve Smith will come in and Manus Labuschagne will go out. Uh, Andrew McDonald. The coach did a press conference today and he spoke about the journey of Glenn Maxwell. Mm. Yeah, I think he stayed true to himself. Um, his creativity is second to none, the way he sees the game, the options that he has. It's the investment that, that goes into those types of shots over time and you know the ability for coaches to give him the space to be creative, to then see that eventuate. In a, in a World Cup game when you need 290 and you're seven down. I mean, all, all that. We might jump out of that. That's a bit awful. Right? It was like that in was? a tunnel, wasn't it? Yeah. To give you the picture where it is, we know India qualified first for the semis. They're waiting to find out if they host New Zealand or Pakistan. Now, mm. considering New Zealand's run rate superiority on Pakistan, even if they beat England, they'd have to thrash them to take New Zealand out of the top four. That leaves Australia, South Africa in the other semi-final. Yes. Interesting. That'll, that'll be a beauty. Australia going nicely. Yeah, Tex are coming through for your birthday, Roots. Even yep. though it's Roochie's birthday and 40 degrees, don't expect him to buy a drink. Oh, uh, that's from Mario. Uh, 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 You're not going to brag, are you? No, I'm not. I'm just saying you might be surprised. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a Clayton's buy, this one. Well, I did buy. <laughs> but Roach uh, handed his card over and he bought Benny... A coffee. Lines he's holding his up now mm. and uh, bought one for me. Yes. There's mine, Roach. Yes. But the fact is you've taken it off the 16 yo me, so you're down to 13. So you uh, bought it with my money, worry. really. Don't worry. We'll get them up again. <laughs> there you go, Mario. He did buy a round. I mean, it was a bit of a The only thing round. that has greater certainty mm. than interest rates rising is your coffee count. My coffee count? Well, start getting a few right, Roach. Well, I do, but they never count against No, they don't. Don't you, don't you cry victim. Uh, Adam from Clemsic says, Adelaide by 13 points. This is nearest the pin. Uh, Marinoff, 25 disposals. Uh, God, found out Roachie was turning 60 and made the weather 40 today, so Roach could raise the bat for the ton. Bravo, Michelangelo. Hey, that's Mm. not bad. 100 today. Nice to get to the ton. Another quick one here. Brisbane to win by seven points. Uh, Marinoff, 23 possessions. Cheers, Hilly at Fulham Gardens. Good on you, Hilly. Uh, first one to tip Brisbane. And mm. uh, here's an, or I'll do this one afterwards. It's about you, Roach, and being shirtless. So I might pre Shirtless. I might pre read this one. We're here thanks Shirt- to Brazil. I've been shirtless coffee. since 1942. Thank heavens for that. Uh, we're here thanks to Brasilia Coffee. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 326, Gemma Bastiani from the AFLW coming up next. Gun Reporter has her own podcast as well to preview the four finals. Miles Fitzner at 350 to give us a winner for Flemington. Ryan Harris, Redbacks bowling coach at four, and Joe Gauchi at 4.30. Uh, the Reds taking on Sydney FC. They have a new coach too, Roach. Do you know his name? Enlighten me. Who have they appointed? Um, you've got to be very careful that's, the way you say it. That's why I'm dodging. Um, yeah. Uh, 
You fit to lay. Easy for you to say. Yep. Need to say it quickly. All right, that's all coming up later. Here's the text, Rooch. Mm. Arvo Kimbo. Oh, hello. A 60-year-old Rooch is shirtless and riding a horse bareback at full speed. There's a giraffe going full tilt right next to him, and they're being chased down by a hungry lion. What should the Rooch do? Question mark, question mark. I'd suggest he put his shirt back on, get off the carousel and give the kids a go. Have a wonderful day and best wishes, Michelangelo. That's, <laughs> That's from Monbury Mac. <laughs> That's good. Have they still got the carousel at Semaphore Beach? You no, know, don't go down there, Rooch. That'd be creepy. All right, let's move on. I'm just going back to my childhood. That's all. <laughs> Well, that's have what some I memories. Said. That's what I said. It'll just be wrong. All righty. <laughs> Matthew Clark had a press conference today. Uh, they take on the Lions. They have a 7-3 losing record. Uh, this is Clarkey on their record. Uh, the recent history is is in their favour. So last year, I think you know they were probably the dominant side in season seven, uh, and they got us a couple of times. And then this year's game was was close. Um, you know, any time it's under a goal is. There's a little bit of luck when we, we won one against North with a bit of luck and they, they got that one. So ultimately, you know, it's interesting but not that relevant. I'd, I'd reckon they're probably in the same boat. Um, we know it's going to be a great matchup uh, and what's happened previously uh, adds some colour but probably doesn't impact the, uh, the outcome all that much, I wouldn't have thought. I thought Adelaide got closer than they deserved to in the last okay. clash. As tight yeah. as it was, they had their chances. Here's Clarkey though and what they've addressed from that round eight loss. So probably just our consistency across the game was what helped, you know, hurt us on that occasion. So that's clearly something we need to address. But generally um, with, with Brizzy, they're, they're just high-pressure games. So, yeah, that's probably the main takeaway. Just be ready to expect, you know, high-pressure, high-speed game. And and we saw some of the Brisbane girls walk past the studio only about half an hour ago, Rooch. Yes. They should be staying off their feet, get out of the heat. Uh, here's yes. their gun defender, Nat Grider. Uh, on coming in hot against the Crows. Oh, hot. The biggest thing for us this weekend is going in hot and praying that we can yeah, pressure the daylights out of them. So, Ned... Oh, that was it. Hello? <laughs> Lindsay, was that one of your edits again? No, Melbourne. Hello. We'll blame Melbourne. All righty, we're going to get on time to the uh, 3.30 news. Gemma Bastiani coming up. If you want to be a part, though, of Nearest the Pin... It's simple. Who wins between the Crows and Brisbane by how much and how many disposals does Ebony Marinoff get? Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. on a Friday afternoon. We appreciate your company. We're live from Studio Lumo SA here at number one King William Street in the city where the sun is still shining but the temperature dropping a little rooch down to 39.4 degrees. Still hot, Kim. Yes, it's warm outside. Mm. You're in air-conditioned studio. Stop whinging, all right? Uh, we've got nearest the pin. Crows taking on Brisbane. Who wins and by how much? How many disposals does Ebony Marinoff get? Uh, you can have a crack at that and you can win a $100 IGA voucher, IGA supermarket supporting women in sport. Here we go. Paul Cooper says, howdy, boys. Crows by 13. Ebony to have 28 disposals. Mm. All righty. This one says, oh, hang on. We've got a few people knowing when you and Rowie are going to have a fight. Oh, hello. Uh, we'll get to that later. Crows by 19 points. Uh, Ebony to have 17 possessions. That's from Dracus. 
Uh, why, why do I have to fight him? I don't know, Roach. I only read them. All right, there's four AFLW finals uh, getting underway this mm. weekend. To find out a little bit more, we're going to welcome Gemma Bastiani, who's an AFLW reporter, and she's an absolute gun when it comes to stats and strategy. Has her own podcast. We'll hear about Good. that too. Hello, Gemma. Thanks for having me, guys. No, absolute pleasure. Are you looking forward to this weekend's finals? Very much so, and probably um, more so than previous years with some new teams uh, in contention mm. as well. Gemma, I'm confused. Why don't we have a Friday night final? Mm. Uh, your question, uh, is your guess is as good as mine. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a, a lot of things that the AFL has obviously had to um, consider, including broadcast, and I think that's where the, the conversation has gone. Well, let's go through mm, these okay. games, and we'll start uh, as they're scheduled. And the first one is Adelaide taking on Brisbane at Nord Oval. Thank heavens they weren't playing today because it's 40 degrees over here. Uh, this is <laughs> going to be a beauty. Uh, head-to-head, it's Brisbane seven wins, Adelaide mm. three and Adelaide have made six changes, Gemma. Yeah, it seems like a lot, but the reality is they, they rested several players um, before the trip to WA in round 10, um, which was understandable, especially with Chelsea Randall having a new bub to uh, mm. to be getting used to. So um, it probably able to freshen up a few, a few of their players, including some senior players like Stevie Lee Thompson as well, who are some really important members of that, of that team. So it's essentially going to be the same team that faced Brisbane a few weeks ago, um, even though it seems like a big change. Now, what's happening in the AFLW? We saw a ridiculous three-match suspension the other day. Nasrar Allen's back for three weeks for something that deserved one game. How do you get three weeks in a 10-game season? And how do you get through? off when you put an elbow to someone's cheek? Answer these questions, Gemma. What is going on with the <laughs> AFLW Tribunal? Yes, kid, shed some light. Well, I don't have too much of an insight into how they work, but the framework, I believe, is the same as what the men's is. So with the fines, it's a bit different because you can just find someone a bit less based yeah. on pay rate. But um, in terms of the framework, you know, the, the gradings of things, I believe it's it's the same. So that's why we're seeing that. So maybe that's something for the AFL to look into but, in the future. But no, um, as no. it stands, that's where it's at. We're being the Charlotte Mullins one. Yeah. How, when you intentionally raise your elbow, when you're not even involved in the play and you raise your elbow, how does that go intentional to careless and get her off? I wasn't sitting in the tribunal, so I couldn't tell you, but it, <laughs> we're, we're it, may, <laughs> it, may, it may have just come down to the fact that Shelley Heath was fine. So that yeah. could be as simple as it was. But, oh, yeah, I wasn't in the no, tribunal to give you the exact answer. Oh, exactly. now, 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 now. Montana McKinnon from Montana a couple McKinnon, of years ago. Montana McKinnon, potential to cause injury. I reckon an elbow to the chin or cheek has got a huge potential to cause injury. Oh, it was fairly. It was a love tap. I would fully agree with you. <laughs> Shelly, he stayed on the field, though, Thank didn't you. she? Yeah. Well, so, so the one that Montana McKinnon had. Kiara Bowers. Yeah, so, she yeah. didn't go off. That's a fair, it's a fair statement. Yeah. Um, Let's they're, sort they're this out. They're probably a bit yeah. different. But, can, can, yeah. we, can we have a rebel cause here and go and hit AFL House and take yeah. over? Let's do it. We're giving, it sounds like we're giving you a grilling, Gemma. You can tell we're just frustrated with <laughs> yeah, the tribunal. And if the tribunal's using the same work, uh, framework as the men's and the women's, Jordan Degoe should have got life <laughs> for the one that he got. Uh, anyway, we'll, well tell on. us what sort of game you expect. Yeah. Let's talk about the game. What do you expect? So we love we love an Adelaide Brisbane game. It's going to be the eleventh time they've played each other. It'll be the fourth final that they've played mm. each other in as well. So they're the most often matchup in AFLW history. But um, I think 
the game that we saw earlier in the year was probably one of the best AFLW games we've seen ever. And it was just that free-flowing outside run. Mm -hmm. So it's whichever team really can get their outside runners up and going, I think, will win this one. Um, You can tell we take our footy very seriously. If you're putting a family member's life on it or pet, who would you be tipping? Um, Well, having done the official preview for the AFL website, I've gone with Adelaide, but in a very, very close one. All right. Okay, and the other game that's being played tomorrow is the Gold Coast taking on Sydney. This is a great story. Sydney couldn't win a game last year. Now they've got the best average crowds in the competition. Uh, This is going to be a cracker being played at Heritage Bank Stadium at 6.45. How's this one going to unfold? Well, as a Swans fan, I hope it means that the Swans ah. will get up. But um, it, it literally anything could happen here. No Charlie Rowbottom for the Suns creates maybe a little bit of problem for them. Obviously, she's a powerhouse in the middle. Mm. But they showed last week that they can have a really, really solid midfield performance without her. So it's something that the Swans will no doubt be prepared for. But there's also the Chloe Malloy factor for them, isn't there? Yeah, and you're tipping? I've gone with the Suns just out of nervousness more than anything. And on Sunday at Alphabet Stadium down at Geelong... It can is you the... make a case for Essendon? No. Oh, absolutely. Well, you, you can, can absolutely can. make a case for Essendon. Right. Essendon has beat, beat Geelong earlier this year. They know that if they make the game really contested, they're yeah. able to take away a lot of Geelong's weapons. Yeah. Um, so there's no reason to think that Essendon couldn't win this one. I'd still tip Geelong, though. Yeah. There's a girl called Chloe Shear that used to play for Adelaide. Mm. She had a couple of knee recos. She's an absolute gun. I tell you... People flogging Adelaide's players. They lost Ash Saint, a full forward. Chloe Shear, a full forward. And they're still a force to be reckoned with, Roach. The other game is Melbourne and North Melbourne. This is interesting. Yeah, this is a uh, cracker. Uh, Tell us how good uh, Garner is. Jasmine Garner. I mean, in my eyes, she's the best player in the competition um, by far. But, you know, North Melbourne, Melbourne's their bogey side. I think North Melbourne coming into this would have preferred to be playing Adelaide at Norwood, if if anything. But Mm. um, they haven't beaten Melbourne since their very first meeting. So the Ds won the last six against them, including this year, the biggest margin between the sides of 23. It's a mental game more than anything for North Melbourne because in terms of talent and ability, they certainly have that to be able to beat Melbourne. But it all comes down to whether they think that they can. It's going to be really Mm. exciting. Who are you tipping there? I've gone with Melbourne purely because of that, that history. Hey, Jamie, if I now put you on the AFL Commission, we've dealt with the tribunal. <laughs> How are you going to remember Aaron Phillips in the most appropriate oh, way He's with a man. AFLW awards? Um, I had the privilege call? of. Yeah, I had the privilege of speaking to Aaron during the week, and you can tell that these conversations make her a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I personally, I think that the grand final best on ground medal would be the most appropriate um, for her because of what she was able to do in big games. Um, and then I think we should uh, be very, very patient with the okay. AFLW Best and Fairest Award name. Okay. Oh, I like that. You're, right. uh, you're reading out of the Nicole Livingston hymn book there. Mm. Am I? Yes, you are. Mm. Hey, Gemma, it's been oh. a delight to chat to you. In case we don't speak to you before the grand final, who are you tipping to take out the title? Oh, it's hard to go past... Adelaide or Melbourne at the moment. I don't want to split them. No, but given that you're going to an Adelaide audience predominantly at the moment, you'd be tipping. <laughs> Let's go Brisbane then. Let's go with the, the third option. I love it. I love it. Hey, Gemma, really appreciate your time. Have a uh, enjoyable weekend covering all the footy. They're going yeah. to be four cracking games. And apologies for 
you know, us yeah. showing our frustration at some <laughs> tribunal yeah. issues. We haven't let go of the Montana Fixture. McKinnon one, as you can probably tell. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. I'm powerless, so um, no, talk to me, but Gemma. there's nothing I can do. No, <laughs> Gemma, you've got the power of the pen. Exactly. You, you, you could make massive <laughs> changes to the yes. game here, the podcast. Get angry. Hey, do you want to give your podcast a plug? Uh, sure. I'm, I'm on credit to the girls with Sarah Black and Lucy Watkin. Um, you can check us out Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays on the AFL website. We'll do that. Beautiful. We'll do really that. appreciate Thanks, your time, Gemma. I, I want a show dedicated Have a good day, to team. the tribunal, Gemma. Do it, please. Gemma Bastiani there. She called us team. Are we a team, Roach? Of course we are. Are we? We're the, we're the longest running team in this spot ever. Are we? Oh, yeah, there's been a few changes, hasn't there? Yeah. Hey, Shane the Courier. Hello, Shane. Said Brisbane by four goals, 24 points, and ebb to have 25. Ooh. I couldn't see it a blowout game. No, I don't reckon. Uh, here's another one. Lions by 10 points, Ebony to have 30 disposals. That's from Fatima. Um, Adelaide by five points, Marinoff to have 27 possessions. Rucci, one free kick for holding the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Looking forward to seeing Bumfluff Benny in Hindley Street at 3am, propping up Dylan and Rucci tonight. <laughs> oh, we could arrange that. Rucci, have you ever been out to 3am? Uh, yes, yes, Not yes. too often. You're not really a night owl, are you? No, but no. there have been some moments. Really? Yes. Andrew McLeod's got all the evidence, so I'm not going to talk too much about that moment. Andrew McLeod? What were you doing out with Andrew McLeod? Uh... Well, we decided to go and have a long session of drinking in the east side of Adelaide. Oh, well, we'll drink responsibly. Oh, well, that's good. It's good to see you got a pulse reach. Nearest the pin, Adelaide by 25 points, Eb Marinoff 25 touches. That's from Modbury Mac. One more before we go to a break. Um, Ben's called, I'm calling Bungie as we speak. Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> to find out about. Yeah, I, I reckon Roach has put a bit of mail. No, on it. I have not. Yeah. No, I haven't. Did you hit the dance floor? Kim, let's just say that at about 11 o'clock, I wasn't able to stand anymore. And you lasted till when? Um, I'm not sure because there's about a 24 hour black spot for me in that whole memory. Oh, really? Yeah, it was oh. a bit. It was a bit silly. <laughs> I'd put a. I reckon if we got Bungie on the line, I'd yeah. I'd put a coffee on the fact you're in bed by 11:50. No, I wasn't. You just don't remember. You said oh. you don't remember. No, it was 24 hours lost. Was it? Yeah. That's not good, Roach. Uh, kiddies <laughs> out there, do not be like Uncle Roach. No. Uh, Adelaide by seven points. Ebony 23 disposals. The stump. Good on you, Stumpy from Brooklyn Park. All right, we're going to take a break, mm. Roach. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. Hey, tell us about Beaumont Tiles. This is getting close. Yes, because they have a giveaway. Two days trip. to go. Yes, November 12th, Sunday. So if you want a trip for two to American footy's biggest game, it's worth more than $70,000 in Las Vegas. Shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12th. That is Sunday, and you're in with a chance now. Terms and conditions do apply. Yep. All right. So if you want Great to go to the Super Bowl, go in and do a bit of a spend. Buy yes. some tiles from Beaumont Tiles. Do it. And you might be off to America. We're going to take a break. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets. Coming up next, Miles Fitzner. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Three 
21, just a reminder that Ryan Harris, Redbacks bowling coach from Australian Bowler, will be joining us after 4 o'clock. And uh, Joe Gauchi after 4.30, Adelaide United, tomorrow night taking on Sydney FC. That a tough draw. Challenging. Yeah. But they've stood up. Yeah, most of it. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well. Very observant yep. of yes. your reach. And um, we're just having a few problems getting Miles Fitzner. Busy man. Yeah, he is. So hopefully he'll pick up the phone shortly. It seems like he's on the phone at the moment, okay. Rooch. A uh, number of texts coming through because it's your birthday, Rooch. This yeah. one says, Roochie, you write terrible articles and look like a Mexican bandit, and they are your only two good traits. Oh, uh, Mario, yeah, I guess. That's, that's yeah, from Mario. Mario. He sent Thank that you, one Mario. through. Does the Sid Crane Spanner Rucci know that he <laughs> shares a birthday with the late Aninio Morricone, who wrote the music to The Good, The Bad and The Ugly? How spooky. Ennio Morricone. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's it. Oh, he has right. some, Did you know that? He has some of the most incredible music scores you'll hear. Yeah, he must come round for a party at your place, uh, Rooch, one night. You haven't seen the film on Ennio's life? They no, did a film. No, I haven't, Rooch. Here's another text. So the rule is when Richie buys coffee, it has to be over 40. Yes, that would be right. <laughs> I could introduce that. Uh, the weather would be making Michelangelo want to climb up the mountain. Yes. Bill from Queenstown. Hello, yep. Billy. I would like to be on a mountain. You'll now. be in Italy very shortly. Thank you. Rich, um, we've been working together for five years. This is the fifth year we've been on SEM. How time flies. I know. We were here People when it... said we wouldn't last five minutes. Oh, no. They were the people across the, <laughs> the, old, the old mob. They did make a comment similar yes, to that. Yes, they yeah. did. They changed their Some team. Some of us have long memories, they, Kim. They've changed their team three times since then. Yes. <laughs> um, but what I noticed, though, Roach, it only happened earlier this year when Bumfluff <laughs> Benny went on holidays. No, it, it did. When Not holidays, when he was working on the World Cup. Yes. Was it last job year? Or, too, this year. Yeah, you went The women's rogue. FIFA World Someone Cup. Someone told you you were funny and you just kept <laughs> no, going off didn't. script. I just thought it interesting that Jerry Seinfeld's coming to Australia. Yes. And we we could have picked out a multitude of oh, moments. Sure you could. But this is one of your moments when you thought this was an appropriate talk break. <laughs> now, now, Adam Uze yes. is hot at the moment in the debate as to who is going to be the Richmond coach. Yes, for the 14th time. <laughs> I went to a man who knows a lot about Adam Uze because he introduced him this way several years ago. Adam That was Rick Davies. Bit of Seinfeld music. Well, it was one of radio's great moments. Yeah, and who's there on the bench there, Rick? Uh, Adam It was. It was hilarious. It was just the non-split mosquito noise that um, didn't really sell it. They were bees. Well, they yeah. were bees, they were they? Be, not mosquitoes. They were bees. Wow. All righty. Uh, we've got nearest the pin. We still haven't got miles. Hey, we'll straighten up a little bit. Yes. Uh, whilst so we've we should. got this opportunity because it's a special day in Melbourne mm. and all around Australia. Yes. Because that's the impact that the late Ronald Dale Barassi had. It was a memorial service today. There were a host of speakers. AFL CEO Andrew Dillon spoke on behalf of the AFL, paying tribute to Ronald Dale Barassi. I speak today on behalf of the Australian Football League to honour Ron Barassi. Australian football is privileged to have a presence in every part of our country, with elite national leagues providing inspiration and aspiration for every young girl and boy. However, it hasn't always been this way. Footy, for much of our history, was community-based 
and divided amongst the states. There was no bigger plan beyond that, but Ron Barassi had a vision of what our game could be. A national league, the best from every part of Australia in the one competition. In the 50s and 60s, it was impossible to think that such a thing could happen. Ron declared the game needed it and he pushed hard for it relentlessly over decades, returning to the theme over and over again, be it as a player, as a coach or in his various media roles. But they weren't just words. He would demand of administrators to think bigger, constantly in their, in their ear and pushing them. He put his own reputation on the line when the struggle in New South Wales was real. He went to the Swans to coach and when footy in Sydney needed the biggest name of all to maintain a pulse. Always he championed unlocking interest in the game in the north of Australia. The Barassi line was coined in his honour to supposedly divide Australia where footy did prosper and where footy didn't and couldn't prosper. And he wanted that line erased. He was fierce, determined and utterly driven. He was also curious, engaging and warm and always open for ideas. Ron Barassi seemed to have no realisation of just how famous he was. It was the game that was what mattered. His lifelong mission was to spread the joy of Australian football to everyone around the country, way beyond the Barassi line, and for that, our game will be forever grateful. Ron's a life member at four AFL clubs, Melbourne, Carlton, North Melbourne and the Swans. And he made a contribution to the game and to those clubs that was so significant that he was named one of the 12 inaugural legends of the Australian Football Hall of Fame. Ron is remembered by those he coached as a master tactician, innovator and motivator. Kevin Hall, who played in the 1968 and 1970 Carlton Premierships that Ron coached, recalls not only Ron's famous speech and tactical moves at the half-time of the 1970 Grand Final, but also his lesser-known three-quarter time speech. Kev was one of the Carlton team members who felt anger at three-quarter time when Ron questioned the player's ability to overcome what was now a 17-point deficit, having clawed back from 44 points down at half-time. Five years previous, Ron had read American Dale Carnegie's 1930s self-improvement book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. He always knew that he would use Carnegie's chapter on reverse psychology at some stage of his coaching career. And that moment arose at the final break in 1970. Kev recalls that uh, Ron said something along the lines of, I don't give a stuff if you guys win or lose. You've just been magnificent today. It wasn't the spray they were expecting and it had an immediate effect. The players were dumbfounded, then they were angry and Ron didn't need to say another word. A famous victory followed. Sorry, Ed. Ron had an incredible ability to get the most out of individuals and teams. He was a hero for generations of football lovers, but the game was the hero for Ron, and he spent his life making sure everyone knew it. On behalf of football, we farewell Ronald Dale Barassi at the ground where he ruled. Six premierships as a player, four premierships as a coach. No one has won more premierships at this ground. Farewell, Ron, and thank you for everything. That was beautifully done by Andrew Dillon. Ten premierships, we forget that, don't we? Mm. And there are some memorable ones, particularly that Mm. 71, and then the ones with North Melbourne when... He turned that club around. Did he ever? They bought, a, they bought a premiership. That's I say that respectfully. Uh, they brought in a fair few important players. Oh, they used the ten-year rule, and Ron Joseph, Alan Aylett, Malcolm Blight being part of mm. that. Uh, 
Barry Cable, Ron Barassi, David Dench. The list just goes on of the greats that were there at North. Yeah, they were they were very proactive with the brown paper bags back in those days, Rooch. Um, a lot of yes. people spoke today, Rooch. We're going to try and have a listen a little later to Brent Croswell, who was a really colourful player, mm. who was a superstar. Gary Lyon spoke as well, so we're trying to get to a few of those. And Eddie Maguire spoke as well. Uh, we had a bit of trouble getting a Miles, his uh, flat chat. A text has come through. I hear it's pretty hard to get phone reception from the bird cage ah, at Flemington race course. That's where Miles still is from Gav. Uh, Gav, I've seen a bit of Miles' work on social media. He certainly has been up and about. <laughs> um, quick one before we go to the news, Roach. Nearest the pin. You can still have a crack at that. We've got about 50 minutes to go. Who wins between the Crows and Brisbane tomorrow? By how much? And the tiebreaker question, how many disposals Ebony Marinoff? Uh, this one says, hey, fellas, Brisbane by 16 and Ebony Marinoff to get 26 disposals. That's Jaden from mm. Woodside. Okay. Good on you, Jaden. You're in with a chance to win that $100 IGA voucher. IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. News, then we're joined by Redbacks bowling coach Ryan Harris. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Three minutes past four, we're live from Studio Lumo SA. Here at number one King William Street in the city. Warm day outside. It's gone back up. 0.2 degrees, Roach. 39.6 degrees at the moment. And it was a uh, hot in the kitchen at the Gabba yesterday. Now, we've got a confession to make, Roach. I well, think... we left and Queensland had seven wickets in hand. They needed to get 90 runs. They had yep. about 40 overs. And by our calculations, we expected the Redbacks to lose. Yep. Let's be honest. Yeah, we jumped we off. Yeah, I, I think we, we may have even... Ship. We did. We, we may have even said, here they go again. This is not good enough. We were wrong. Mm. Someone that would have had faith is their bowling coach, Ryan Harris, and he joins us now. Uh, Riser, congratulations. Thanks, boys. Uh, <laughs> nice to chat to you. And uh, I reckon you probably would have had the same thought as a few other people around the, around the place watching, but... Um, Oh, look, just just a, a great game of cricket, and um, so proud of our boys. Um, mm. Just to keep fighting, uh, keep fighting all day, and um, you know they, they they worked really hard, and, and it's really nice to see and you know get see them get the result and get the result of you know such great work they did during the day. We spoke about it earlier, and you've probably been through this throughout your sporting life, but it's often victories like this that can turn a team around, a state around, a club around, and uh, it, it could have been, it may be one of those games. But let's go back to it because. Yeah. It got a little bit smelly. We thought, hey, we're sitting here and we're doing live updates and we're thinking, here we go again. Like, we had the upper hand in the first innings and then we've had a really ordinary performance with the bat in the second innings and it just looked like four, we'd lost the four points that had gone mm. to the wayside. Um, but there were some really, really strong performances and we've talked about Nathan McAndrew before, but he just seemed such a competitor and uh, he played a large part in this victory. Yeah, huge. A uh, huge part, um, with obviously with the ball and well the whole group. I mean, he got the reward. He, he got what nine wickets once again. He had ten again against New South Wales a couple of, couple of um, weeks ago. Um, yeah, look, it was it was it, as you say, it's one of those games where um, you know I guess what what we're trying to achieve is 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 want our boys to to fight and fight and and, and you know these sort of wins definitely help that. Um, you know, I think the game was set up. It was it was quite a tough start. We we, we obviously lost the toss and, and were put in the bat. 
um, and we probably would have bowled to be honest. And mm-hmm. it was quite a, it was quite a tough wicket. Nice, it was a bit slow. There was a lot of it was a bit of rain around. The first day was sort of you know interrupted by rain. So you know we got to the end of the day and and copped probably a little bit of stick about how slow we were going. But it was actually really hard scoring. So the boys that, that you know beat two down at the end of the day at day's play. I think there was, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there would have been 82 overs bowled. It was actually a really good effort. So they fought really hard and, then, and managed to go on the next day. And, and, and you know, albeit 350 not being a huge score, we felt that, that it was, uh, you know, enough on that wicket to, you know, put, pull out and declare and, and, and try and bowl Queensland out, which is what we did. So that hard work set up probably the, the, the second innings. Obviously, it was a little, little a fault, you know, falter again with the bat in the second innings. They bowled pretty well. The wicket sped up, you know, Balls that we were playing missing in the first innings were probably nicking. Um, so, you know, it, it changed a bit. So, and, and we spoke about that, but it was the hard work we put in in that, in that first innings that sort of got us in front of the game. And, and then the wicket yesterday absolutely just flattened out. It was, it was a little bit up and down if you, if you hit a divot or two, but, you know, it was, it was, quite, it, it was quite flat and it, it was, you know, quite nice to bat on. And, and when you've got someone like an Usman Khawaja, even Joe Burns probably has come back into form a yeah. bit. Two pretty good, pretty good players. Um, you know, we had to be really good, and, and it, yeah, it, the boys actually bowled quite well through the whole day. That they were good enough to to keep it out and score. And, and Uzi does what he does and just controlled the game nicely until, you know, thankfully we got Burns out, and it all started from there. Ryan, when we spoke to you at the start of the season, you painted a very clear picture to us what your intent was and what legacy you wanted to leave with this bowling group. When did you sit yep. up yesterday and think something's happening here? And something's going to build from this. What was the key point for you yesterday afternoon? Um, it was it was probably when we weren't taking wickets, <laughs> to okay. be honest. Yeah. Um, so what were you it saying? Was, it was. Oh, I was just you know what our plan was quite simple yesterday. We, you know the coach the coaches in the in the box were discussing should, should we be doing anything different and 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 you know moving fields around or bowling short or whatever. But mm. the plan was really simple, and that was to try and you know hit it hit a really good length. Give them no width and make them have to, you know, force the game and play the game and score. And I thought we did that. We went through probably a little period. I think it was just after lunch, maybe, or, or just before maybe tea, even where we we probably we, we built some really good pressure and then we just let them off. And I think I think they scored roughly, the top of my head, about 30 runs in about three and a half yep. or four overs. So we, we let the pressure go a bit. But then after tea, we had a good we had a really good chat about it, and and ultimately. Um, you know, we thought, I thought the middle session was a big session. I thought that's where it's going to happen. Um, it didn't. They batted well. And then again, afterwards, we reset at T. We had a really good chat with the captain and, and the bowling group. What are our plans? Let's keep it really simple. Let's not get funky. They've still got to get, I think it was 120 at T. Let's just make it really hard for them. And if they do it, we can walk off at the end of the day. If they were to get the runs two down or six down or seven down, mm. you know, we can walk off and, and say we executed our plans. And, there's, and, and we take a big learning curve in that. But so for them to stick at it, and, and you know, once we got Joe Burns out, it, it, the boys sort of grew another leg, I guess, and, and they saw, saw, and they stuck to the plan. And the other part of it is, Rich, is they didn't panic. Um, mm. You know, we talk about in those situations there. I mean, in the coaching box, coaches box, I tell you what, we were panicking um, and, <laughs> nice, and, nice and, and trying to work out what we could do. Yeah, we were. We were okay. discussing what can we do, what can we do. But Jake, um, Jake Liam and Nathan McSweeney in the group were just so calm out on the ground. You know, when it got to the to the, to the pointy end, I guess, and, and and again back to the bowlers, they just they were calm and they executed, and 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 you know we got the result that we wanted, and and mm. you know for someone like you know I guess McAndrew again, who would have been a lot of overs, Jordan Bucking was, um, you know, he's come off a seven three, missed a game with a slight noodle, mm. I think the WA game, but he came back into the team. He was really disappointed with his bowling effort yesterday until. 
you know, he, he, he came on and, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a massive competitor. Um, and he came back and, you know, put that all behind him and just, and, and you know, and, and bowled to the team and, and, you know, cleaned up the tail. So, if, if anything, it's a long-winded answer, but I, I just I just love to see him fight. That's all I want him to do. I just want him to fight. And as I said to him the night before on day three, you know, everyone was a bit flat after the batting performance. So I sort of, I, I, sat, I stood in the middle of the room and just and, and just reminded them that we're 250 runs ahead. Mm. Chasing the gap is not hard, not easy. Um, you know, if, and we've got the bowling attack to bowl these guys out and, and, you know, and just have the belief. Have the belief tomorrow morning when we turn up. If they get a partnership, we just got to fight. I want us to walk off that, you know, at the end of that game, win or lose, and knowing that we've just we've, we're going to be exhausted because it's going to be a long day, but we just want to make sure we have a crack. And and they did it. And I don't have to tell them that because that's what they're like. They do that. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm really pumped with this group, uh, you know, about. It would have been a very sweet victory for you too, Ryan, given that uh, Queensland's <laughs> been your second home as well. Uh, yeah, tell us, you're, you're the expert. I was watching it on KO. The game's obviously on the knife's edge when they're nine down. You've got Mitchell Swepson there and Uzi, who looked to be in total control. It just looked the last over and a bit. There were four overs to go. They needed four runs. Did it look like he was just trying to hit the four? Did he get fatigued or were we being harsh? Oh no, I think he was. I think you know, it definitely was. Yeah. He played, you know, obviously played and missed it a few. Mm. You know, we had him. We thought we had him LBW, which we still can't understand how it wasn't given out. But mm. um, you know, we, we, he was trying to do it. And he had to. And, and Swepson, don't get me wrong, he can actually hit a ball, but he wanted to be the one to do it, and he, and he did it beautifully. And then you know, we, we had to. Jake took a gamble in in leaving the field up. I think in the last over and a bit where. You know, as I said, in the coach's box, we're sort of thinking he should have a third man, he should have this, he should have that. Yeah, the and commentators he, and he were saying, the commentators were yeah. ripping into him as well about that. Yeah. Yeah. So we had he had the courage to keep him, keep the field up, and um, you know, I think he hit one three third man and it got through, and that's when it, yeah, I mean, I watched the highlights today and heard the same thing, but he, he just had that, and he backed his bowlers, and he knew if the bowlers, hit, 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 you know, hit the right length and potentially hitting the stumps, and he had to hit off the stumps, that we were a chance. So. As I said, he was really good. He was calm about it. Um, I think I even heard Jordan last night, uh, you know, say um, to one of the boys, you know, right in that last over, just before he took that, Jake was making jokes with him, you know, just keeping him relaxed and and you know, and keeping him, you know, just focused on what he had to do. So yeah, it was it was it was excellent. Well, his good. celebration good. wasn't relaxed. It was an absolute bloody beauty, Jordan Buckingham. I could watch that all day. <laughs> all right, you take on Perth or WA next. So we wish you all yep. the best with that, Ryan. Let's hope this is the start of something. We don't want to get too excited, but uh, some positive signs. It's looking good. Yeah, thanks, guys. Today, game by game, but you know, again, we we got we got beat by them the other week, and we're we're keen to. You know, um, you know, bounce back with them as well. So, well done, um, yeah, look, let's let's look game by game, and, and hopefully, end of the year we'll, we're in the right position. Yeah, I'll tell you what, four points over WA reach would be beautiful. Ryan yeah. Harris, there, appreciate your time, Ryan. All right, we need to jump into a break. When we get back, we're going to hear from uh, Gary Lyon, paying his respects to the late and great Ronald Dale Barassi. We're here thanks to Hyundai, the Hyundai Tucson. Tomorrow's SUV, book a test drive. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Nearly 4.18, currently 39.7 degrees. It's gone up a little bit again. A stack of people having a crack at nearest the pin. Crows by 11 points. Uh, Ebony, Marinoff, 21 disposals. That's Daryl from the port. Huge day at the MCG today when a stack of people went there to pay their respects to the late and great Ronald Dale 
Barassi, a number of guest speakers, Rooch. Uh, this was Gary Lyme paying his respects. Ron Barassi will not only be remembered as one of the most significant figures in the history of sport in this country, but he'll also be remembered for being one of the greatest educators this country has seen. It stands to reason that a man who had such a profound impact on the game of Australian rules football, first as a player and captain and then as a coach, would have impacted the lives of so many of us who played or simply followed the game, directly or indirectly. I was fortunate to be in both camps. He captured my imagination as a football-obsessed youngster in the country who got no closer to him than via the pictures on our television. And then, as fate would have it, as the coach of my football team, as the selector of my state side, and eventually as a colleague in the media. Never was there a great sense of familiarity or even friendship. I never allowed myself that privilege. Always, however, was there ultimate respect or surrealism, hero-worshipping and an unyielding gratefulness that I was in some way blessed to have been the beneficiary of his company and of his knowledge and wisdom. To be able to say I knew Ron Barassi will be enough. It's only fitting then that we all reflect on the lessons from one of the game's great teachers, one of life's great teachers, lessons learned from a life so thoroughly well lived. For those fortunate enough to have, play, uh, to have watched him play, he was the embodiment of everything that we've come to love, respect and admire in any of the greats that have followed in his footsteps. To talk to those that have played with him and to read the tributes that have flowed in recent weeks, he may just be the greatest competitor to have ever played the game. What a moniker to have associated with your name. Regardless of talent, of physical attributes, of genetic blessings, the competitor is the title that you would love to have the most. He taught us that when everything else deserts us, as long as you are standing, you can compete. Ron Barassi, the ultimate competitor. He taught us that loyalty and commitment is not exclusive to a particular club or organisation, but to the club or organisation that you are loyal and committed to. That to have the strength of your convictions to go down a particular path the path that is right for you may be the most difficult decision that you ever have to make. At 72 years of age, if anyone had earned the right to watch the world go by, it was Ron Barassi. Yet on New Year's Eve 2008, while sitting quietly in St Kilda, Ron witnesses a woman being assaulted by a group of thugs. I ask you all, old and young, what would you do? For Ron Barassi, there is no question. He jumps out of his seat. He comes to the aid of the woman, tackling the men in the process. He's set upon by the men and suffers facial bruising, sore ribs and an arm injury. The lady in question has a swollen face and black eyes and in the report that I read, it quoted her as saying, I think if he hadn't jumped in, it would have been much worse for me. How many people throughout his time on this earth are grateful that Ron was the type of man that never hesitated to jump in. Ron Barassi, educator, ultimate competitor, inspirational leader, respect builder, with the strength of his convictions that few possess, and a defender of us all. We'll miss you, Brass. Thank you.
Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 27 on a beautiful Friday afternoon. If you like the heat, 39.6 degrees. It was 39.9. I'm not sure if it hit 40 or not today, Roach. Uh, not since we've been on air anyway. Alrighty, we love Brasilia coffee. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia coffee. We've got a nearest the pin going. You can win a $100 IGA voucher. Tell us who wins between the Crows and Brisbane tomorrow and by how much and how many possessions does Ebony Marinoff get John from Mount Gambia, I like this, Roach. He says, hi, Kimbo and Roach. I'm tipping Adelaide by 21 points and Ebby to have 28 possessions. So I think that's the biggest winning margin. A uh, bit of sample news from South Adelaide? Yes, Neil Sharp, the CEO at South Adelaide, has issued a statement which has got a lot in it. Four pages, I think. But here's the key points. South, by their own admission, has been underperforming. Yep. And I would think every coach gets nervous when there's a review on. The review was involving Mark Bickley, our own Mark Bickley mm-hmm. and Dean Brogan. It has come back with a heap of recommendations, but it does back in Jared Wright as the senior coach. Mm-hmm. You'll have more resources. Key one here is, considering this has been on the agenda for two weeks, and we've certainly been at the forefront of it, Kim, is AFL National Reserves competition. Yep. And Neil says here, the annual discussion where the South Australian AFL team should play their reserves team seems to be a bit more intense this year. Well, it is. It is indeed. While you may remember that South Adelaide did not support their entry into the Sanford competition, mm. we are of the view that this dialogue shouldn't be had in the media. Mm. That's a hit at David Kosh, I would dare say. <laughs> well, we've met with several AFL executives in recent years who've repeatedly said a National Reserves competition wasn't on the agenda. Mm. Clearly, Port Adelaide wanted it on there. That's Neil Sharp saying that mm-hmm. from South Adelaide. And this is the key point. But ultimately, as a club, and I'm sure you as a Sandville fan would like to know what the plan is. Well, here, here, we all would like to know what the plan is going mm-hmm. to be, Kim. We know it's brewing. It's been brewing for more than 18 months. Oh, five years ago, we forecast it, yeah. Roach. I think um, we all would like a plan on the table. It'll happen. It'll happen. All right. Well, it's good to see South Adelaide being proactive. It's 4.29. Just a reminder, after the 4.30 news, Joe Gauchi. Adelaide United goalkeeper will join us and you can have a crack at nearest the pin. All right, $100 IGA voucher up for grabs. Just get on the text line. Who wins between Crows and Brisbane by how much and how many disposals Ebony Marinoff? All righty, let's go to the news. Grown bookie, what are you really gambling with? In AFLW, Sydney are leaving their winless inaugural season behind as they prepare to go head to head with the Gold Coast Suns tomorrow night in their first ever finals campaign. And in NBL, Will Magne will play his first game of the season tomorrow night when the Tassie Jack Jumpers take on the Adelaide 36ers after recovering from an off season foot injury. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Nearly 4.44 live from Studio Loom OSA. Here at number one King William Street in the city. A couple of ladies sitting on the park bench in front of our studio, Roots. 
fanning their faces with their caps because it's very warm out there. It's gone back up to 39.9 degrees. Warm, isn't it? Yeah, drop down, drop down to 39.4. Conditions will be a lot better when Adelaide United take on Sydney FC tomorrow yes, night at Cooper Stadium. Quickly. Yeah, 7.15, that one gets underway. Sydney FC, bottom of the ladder. Adelaide United, top of the wazza mm. at the moment and going along nicely. So too is their goalkeeper, Joe Gauchy. He joins us now. G'day the Gouch. How are you, boys? You doing well? Yeah, going well, Joey. How are you going? You're fair-skinned. Are you keeping out of the sun today? Yeah, tried to, tried to. We had a run this morning at, oh. uh, at Cooper's. Uh, nice and early, though, to try and keep out the heat. But to, uh, even at 9.30 this morning, mm. it was. So I think it was close to 35 degrees. So, yeah, <laughs> it's been a warm one. What sort of week has your headline, well, headline-creating teenager got this week? Red cards, all that? Has he learnt the lesson about, well, you just might have to keep your temper in check at times. Irakunda. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess time will tell with that. Um, you know, obviously he has the, this week where he, he won't be available for selection. Mm. So, yeah, no, yeah, like, like you said, he's a, he's a young teenager who has the world at his feet and everyone can see the ability that he has. But, you know, he just lost his temper a little bit and, you know, it's all part of the game. You're going to have decisions that don't go your way and, and those are the moments we have to keep a lid on it. Um, so, yeah, we hope that he can learn from that decision because I think that's probably the only way that, that players can stop him because they certainly can't stop his football ability. So, no, so he's going to get, get targeted, isn't he? To, to knock him off his game. Yeah, he's going to get targeted. Of course. More. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon it was yeah, over the top? I mean, Do you reckon it was over the top, the treatment he received? Um... <laughs> From who? I mean, he, he was he was coughing it from everyone. Mm. Uh, the fans were on his back. You know, the mm. players were trying to stir him up. I don't think it was over the top. I think mm. it's part of football. It comes with the territory of being a professional athlete, whether you like it or not. You know, you have people who are, especially when you play away, that are, you know, going to be talking smack and, and trying to get in your head yep. to throw you off the game. You know, I cop yeah. it as a goalkeeper. I'm standing yeah. there with the fans right in my back. And, uh, you know, you hear it all the time. So you have to be able to deal with it, I think. Hey, Joey, is there any sledge that you've heard that you can tell us that sort of gave you a little bit of a chuckle? Hmm. Um, not really, to be honest. Probably not ones that I can tell you guys. No, no, but, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, there's always a few. I mean, I'll, I like to laugh it off. I think it's quite enjoyable. And I think if they're saying something to you, they obviously are paying enough attention to, to know your name and things like mm. that. So I just take it as a compliment. So now who takes Nestor aside as a, as a senior player? And, and the, old, the old notion, if they're going at you like that way, it's almost a compliment because they rate you mm. and they, they're trying to bring you down. So who, who does he look at as the mentor who can help him through this? Uh, oh, I think it'll be a combination of everyone. I think the coaching staff, mm. um, probably the clear ones and the mentors and the ones that put their arms around him yep. as well as some of the more senior players. Um, but I think you also have to, you know, learn the lesson yourself in a way. I think mm. once you, you know, everyone can sort of tell you what to do and give you guidance, but until you've experienced these things yourself, um, it's quite hard to, to, to relate to, I guess. So I've experienced this now and I'm glad it's happened early in the season. Um, you know, it was a very hostile environment last weekend. So, you know, you're probably not going to face a much more hostile environment that, than that in the A-League. So, 
no, it's a it's a learning experience for him and for and for all the players as well because mm. I think that showed probably what we don't want to do as players, um, regardless of the the calls that happen on the field. Yeah. Joey, I don't know what the stats are in the world game, but in AFL, when a coach gets sacked, inevitably when the interim coach comes in, there's quite frequently upset. So this is a danger game. Sydney FC have got rid of Steve Corica. He's have, he's basically in legendary status there with what he's achieved. He's been replaced by Ufuk. Talay, can you tell us a little bit about Ufuk? Um, well, he was been at Sydney SC before. Um, he was assistant coach under Steve Corrick, I believe, mm. a few seasons ago, and then he went off and, and coached the Wellington Phoenix. Um, he that was he was there last season. He's, he's since left, and in the last couple of months he's been involved with the Socceroos as, as one of the assistants there. So, so you've dealt with him, you know, like, like you said. Yes, I, I have dealt with him um, in the in the previous camp in, in China in, in the middle of the year. Um, no, I definitely expect a bounce back. I think to call it a upset um, is probably the wrong term because mm. Sydney FC have just come off winning the Australia Cup mm. uh, and there's, we've only played three games, you know, and, and there's, there's been some, you know, I've watched their games and there's been some that they probably didn't deserve to to lose um, and were maybe unlucky with a few individual errors and things like that that ended up costing them but no we are not underestimating them at all and and like you mentioned it's, it's pretty true that you know a, a freshen freshen up i guess of the coaching yeah. staff can you know you can see a response from the players because they want to put their best foot forward to a new coach so no we're expecting them to come out um firing tomorrow night so kim's point's right you get sort of a mystery package here is and whether there's time to actually make a change is interesting but how do you prepare for that uncertainty of I mean, it could be different formations. It could be all sorts of things that a new coach brings. So how do you prepare for the unexpected? Um, good question. I, I think that we can only really go off what we've seen over the first three games. And mm. with a new coach, it, it can be a little bit unpredictable. Um, we can also look at the way that, um, you know, if we tell has set up his teams in the past, um, typically coaches like to have a, a style of play that they stick to and one that they're confident in coaching. Um, so you can look towards, you know, what he's done in the past with teams and maybe there's some similarities with what Sydney have done already this season. And we yeah. can sort of, you know, start to cut, draw some conclusions about what they were, how they were set up, but also as players as well, we have to have confidence in, in our style of play, which we a hundred percent do and, and know that no matter what formation we set up as we have to analyze that, you know, potentially on the fly, if they have it set up in a formation that, we don't expect. Um, and as players, we have to see that and, you know, go from there and, and figure it out on the fly. And, and sometimes the preparation you've done on the week can go out the window. Mm. Joey, we like to mention uh, when we talk to you about the good work you do for Childhood Cancer Association, raising money, uh, you donate $10 for every save. And when there's a clean sheet, it's $200, I think. What have you, what have you donated so far? Um, well, you're testing my memory here, uh, but I believe I'm up to... I think it's, a, it's about $800 now. I'm just trying to have a look. Yeah, no, you're, you're going uh, no, 480, well. 480. 480. Well yeah, yeah, no, that no, is very not, generous. Not as high as 800 but yeah. No, when the two clean sheets, <laughs> yeah. that's $200. You've won. Uh, that's seven points, 140, and 14 saves is 140 as well. If people want to donate, what should they do? Uh, they can head to childhoodcancer.asn.au forward slash AUFC. Uh, and they can also go to my social media. The the links for it are both on my Instagram on, and on my X account. So people can go there and, and donate, whether it's just 
donate for one save or match me for one game, um, every dollar really counts for the amazing work that this Childhood Cancer Association is doing. And how'd you take the news, the recall to the Socceroos squad for the World Cup campaign? Yeah. Oh, with a big smile on my face. Well done. Hey, round of <laughs> with a big smile on my face. Yeah. And a smile on ours. <laughs> hey, good on you, Joey. We love chatting to you. Let's hope there's a full house at Cooper's Stadium tomorrow. Adelaide United taking on Sydney FC. Should be a cracker. It gets underway at 7.15. Good luck, Joey. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. No, Thank we you. love it. Uh, he's a ripper. Very sensible young man. A good, yes. Good young Doing man. A good Good work for a charity as well. Yeah, stack of text coming through. Roach, uh, here we go. Hi, Kimbone Roach. Adelaide to win by a Michael Aish eight points. Oh, I like it. Uh, out the parade. Noble, yes. And Noffy to get Johnny Win. <laughs> two nine. No! He was two nine, wasn't oh, he? Oh, Roach, you're a shocker. 28, two oh, eight. Two eight. Johnny oh, Win. Get older, uh, you lose your memory. Yeah, well, you are. Two nine with Michael Taylor, wasn't it? Yeah, 29 was uh, Michael Taylor. Go the Red Legs in 2024. That's Jack, the Uber driver. Hi, guys. Mr. Jeff here. Crows by 26 points. Noffy, 31 touches. I like it. Mm. All right, Roach, as we said, it's been an emotional day, but a um, a celebration. Indeed. Great life. Yeah, Ronald Dale Barassi, the memorial service there. A lot of people spoke. Uh, we invite you to sit back and relax. This is Brent Croswell, who was a superstar, and the ever-entertaining Sam Kekovic. You want to know about Barassi? Let me give you an insight, OK? Barassi came to the rooms at half-time near mad. He was seething with frustration and anger. He kicked the lock off his hinges, turned and smashed a silver jug full of cordial from a table. It could have broken his arm. The cordial had sprayed over the faces of three prominent Carlton committeemen standing nearby. They didn't move a muscle. He stormed around the room menacingly and no one dared catch his eye. If we were going badly, we knew not to be the first in the huddle at quarter time, nor up the race at half time. Let the mugs run in first, we thought, and cop a brassy blast. I learned fast. Head to the bathroom, lock the toilet door, come out when Brassy started to feel like he needed to say something positive. That was my mantra. Ball picks up hand pass to Barassi. Barassi hooks it in. He shapes up. He shoots from the kick angle. Oh, remarkable. Barassi drove Carlton with a frightening, violent fierceness in those early years. Oh, glorious mark taken by Ronald Dale Barassi. His competitive drive was almost pathological and on the field as a player. Oh, Barassi found him. And as a coach, he was a force of nature. And this with his other martial attributes, his bull neck, his massive chest, his long muscular arms and his powerful thighs, a body that needed no building up in the gym, his courage made him indomitable. He was a player for the ages, a coaching powerhouse for the times. In 1968, with Barassia's coach, Carlton broke a 20-year drought when they beat Essendon in the grand final. But these achievements were a mere prelude to the greatest triumph, the 1970 grand final victory over Collingwood. Nothing on his own. Not a bad player to leave alone, is it? Oh, you kidding. Wouldn't Barassi be tearing his hair out? Collingwood well in command of the stage. It's a fair way out, and he's on an angle, but he puts his on its way. Half-time in that astonishing game, we were nearly eight goals down. But when we walked in, we expected a brassy tirade. But no, to our amazement, he was quite calm and considered, and he had a strategy. He urged us to play on at all costs, to handball. This was revolutionary. In the second half, we began to get back in the match, and then, incredibly, in the last minutes of the game, we hit the front and we held on. We had won. That's all over. 
Carlton got up in the dying stages. Fantastic comeback. They were going to the world at half time. It seemed a miracle at the time, and Brassie had played a masterful role. He had anticipated the more frenetic handball craze modern game. The origins of his powerful football personality, his almost maniacal drive to compete, will always be a source of wonder to me. It is fitting, then, that Verassi, this great football figure, should be remembered in this vast stadium, the MCG, where he began to make his name. Keep our memories of him here on the field of battle, because domestic surroundings would only diminish him. How could it be otherwise? He'd achieved such a consummation in football. We go back a long way, Barassi and I. This was 1967 when he drove down to my Tasmanian country town seeking a recruit, wearing a blue suit, as I remember. His passing is so very, very sad. Well, here we are back at Arden Street. Uh, how do I feel? I'll be implicitly candid with you. I feel a bit eerie. I still have visions of this intimidating sight. Florid with rage, eyes bulging, blood vessels protruding from his face, nostrils flared, delivering a tirade of invective and unbridled abuse that would leave you in a catatonic state. But he was the master psychologist. He knew exactly how many buttons he could press on an individual and how to best extract the performance from him. He knew when he was in the room and, God, he was larger than life, a behemoth of a person. But there's two words that best depict the spirit and the essence of the Australian character, and they are fair dinkum. And there's no one more fair dinkum than Ron Barassi. Barassi has never known failure. And in Melbourne, Aussie Rules and Barassi are interchangeable names. When he arrived in 72, we were a fledgling club. There's no doubt about that. The level of expectation soared. The disciplines changed. The responses changed. I think the whole language changed. I mean, North Melbourne, they do things in a really good way, a big way. If you're a buddy, got courage and you're prepared to commit yourself, we will make you a valuable player. We missed the finals in his initial year, but the foundation was well and truly laid. We played finals for the next seven years. I'm extraordinarily proud of you. 75 was an amazing year. But I want you to make me the proudest coach in league history. And there was no way in the world that we were going to lose that grand final. And I want you to be proud of me. Our first ever premiership. Hey, Mickey, get a cup of pies tonight. <laughs> There's Barassi. Look at him. He's cracking it for a smile. Well, it's a ring-a-ding-ding -ding for North Melbourne, isn't it? And it was really the coming of the age of the club. It took us 50 years to venture from base camp to the summit. Barassi, you've got to give him full marks. A marvel. And all of a sudden, North Melbourne became a very, very respective entity. I left midway through 77, but North went on to win another premiership. They were confronted with a 27-point deficit at three-quarter time. Now, in the normal circumstances, 27-point deficit at three-quarter time in the grand finals, like 127 in the home and away game. 
77 looks like being Magpie's year. But such the nature of the man, as he always said, the only risk not to be taken is, to, is not to take a risk at all. He threw the magnets around, played an attacking mode, which was always his nature, and he was vindicated and proven to be correct, you know, when it was drawn. And we'll be back here next week. Playing golly, another draw. What a great performance it was by North Melbourne. You know, gave them plenty of confidence to know they can come up the following week. And, of course, the rest is history. Performance by North Melbourne. What a mighty performance by the Sigma Coach, Ron Barassi. If I could speak to him one more time, I'd say thank you and I'd probably apologise. Perhaps causing a few grey hairs, but by and large, I'd have to say thank you because without your guidance or your tutelage, who knows where I might be today? I think that's what I would say in a very simple way. Oh, that was beautifully very put good. together. There are so many very we could good. have used today. Uh, some wonderful tributes to the late and great Ronald Dale Barassi. That was Brent Croswell and Sam Kekovich, two absolute uh, characters. Roach, being a Friday, we like to play a little bit of music. Well, what about the music? This text here, James Brown. I feel good about the Crows winning by 15 and Noffy getting 32 disposals. Very good, James Very Brown. Good. Uh, that's for nearest the pin. Also, Jilly says, hi, guys. Crows to win by seven and Marinoff to have 29 touches. Mm. All right, Roach, you ready? Yes. Friday forecast. Pretty simple, the Friday forecast. We stole it from AFL 360. Thank you, Geraldo and Slobo. Robbo, sorry. Uh, Roach. <laughs> it's nearly holidays. Harry McCoy <laughs> has to fix himself. Because uh, he loves it when I call him Slobo. Uh, your sure thing for the weekend. The Crows will win their way through to the AFLW preliminary finals by the direct passage. They will beat really? Brisbane at All Nord right. Oval on Saturday. Uh, my sure thing is Sydney to defeat the Gold Coast. They are up and about the mm. Swannies, the, the girls. You're most at stake? Our Sixers against the Jack Jumpers at home. They must win at home, the Sixers. I like to get I like things that. going. Yeah, and they need to beat a good side. Yes. All right, my most at stake is the Crows at the parade. Uh, losing to Brisbane would not be good, Reach. That would make it eight. Three. Mm. Yeah, and then they've got to do it a little bit harder yes. as well. Your doomsday scenario. It's a cheeky one. Oh, really? Rich. Well, you see, doomsday would be Bangladesh beating Australia, you'd yeah. think. You know, oh, how could Australia go into the semifinals of the World Cup losing to Bangladesh? Mm. But actually, it would be an ideal result because then when Pakistan beats England, England fall out of the top seven and miss the Champions Trophy. Boom, boom. Oh, I like it, Roots. That's a ripper. Uh, mine's a little left field as well. My doomsday scenario is that the Roach, now that you've turned 60, Roach, the Roach catches up with Ethel from Ethelton tonight. And now that you're 60, you two are a little bit more age-appropriate, Roach, aren't you, hey? There's only 34 years between you. Uh, but the doomsday scenario is that I fear for young Ethel's uh, longevity if you were to catch up because the old Italian gilding has been a little cultish lately, hey? <laughs> you got a bit more spring in your step. Uh, yeah, but yeah, right. Okay. Oh, hey, uh, see, Ethel, yeah. yes. How long does it take to rewrite a will? For Ethel? Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know where you're going there, Rich. Well, she's got a lot of money. Has she? Oh, 
Loaded. Oh, don't get into relationships for money. <laughs> no, no, you've shown your true colours there. Here we well, are. I've got to pay off the coffee Let's somehow. Go. Oh, Roach, don't come out with those shocking. You, you showed the real you then. <laughs> You're prepared to be intimate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our fellow be listening, and there you are, bloody... You're well, in a, you're right. in, she is a black widow. You're in the uh, relationship for all the wrong reasons. Hey, well, hope you have a beautiful Thank 60th you. birthday. Yes, right. I will be catching up with Ethel over the weekend. All right, we're like, <laughs> good luck with that. On that note, didn't I say at the start of the show you're getting a bit creepy? Oh, kid. Hey, Ro. Good night, everyone. Have a great weekend.